Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Nana Nayanteki, founder at Spiny.ai, to the show. Nana, welcome. Hi, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. Well, great to have you here. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. It's, it's, it's a little bit wacky, but I came to the U.S. for, for college. And after graduating, like many other graduates, was trying to figure out what, what's next. You know, I, I was a biology major but certainly knew I did not want to pursue a career down that path and ultimately ended up in a digital media st startup in, in Nashville and in Tennessee and really kind of was trying to figure out what was my direction there. I thought the space was interesting, but didn't really know what, you know, my forte was going to be and ultimately found myself settling into the data team there. Um, so I worked very closely with the C CFO making a lot, of, a lot of business intelligence decisions and realizing that, you know, from a data standpoint, I kind of had a knack for that side of the business. And it really allowed me to contribute to the company to see what kind of content was performing well, which writers or, or, or audience or even traffic mediums were, were drivers for, for the business and really start to shed some light and help really drive the strategy of, of the business ultimately. That startup had a successful exit to CBS or CBS Interactive. And as part of that acquisition, I was fortunate enough to get a position directly with CBS in, in Fort Lauderdale as well. So I worked for their business intelligence team there. That gave me great exposure to see how data and, and BI is really led at a corporate level across multiple multiple brands so i was able to oversee about five or six of their sports properties and that was really eye-opening but I, I noticed a common thread as with the startup was data maturity overall was you know a hot topic and and something everyone was striving to do better on but ultimately it was extremely challenging and it required a whole army of analysts at the corporate level or you know, a, a much smaller team at the startup level or asking the same question, how can we use data to power a digital media business more, more effectively? So after a few years in, in that space, I ultimately left, moved back, back to the UK and actually started to think about maybe going in a different direction career-wise, but ultimately had stayed in touch with some of the guys in Nashville I had thankfully become a bit more technical in my own skill set and learning some more of the programming tools and realized that actually there's the potential to really build a software that can deal with a lot of the grunt work. Some of these analysts would you know, spend four hours of their day trying to figure out in Excel or, or in you know, SQL, realizing why can't we build a, a platform here that helps publishers manage these businesses a lot easier and ultimately make the lives of not just analysts, but everyone within the business to not be so afraid of data and massive Excel sheets at the end of the day, but make it simple so that, you know, your editors or your, your, your writers, those in, in ad ops or, or sales can really utilize data in the day-to-day -day and understand in the context of how does the decisions I make here affect my colleagues in another side of the business and that's really how Spiny was born from our, our personal experiences and challenges we had at both the startup level as well as the corporate level and it was to build better tools for publishers. Yeah and I love that background so I don't talk to many biology majors going into data and then becoming a founder <laughs> I'm sure it happens all the time but love that background. <laughs> 
and then going into the VI team and then, you know, getting that position at CBS Interactive, really interesting. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what Spiny.ai does and maybe a use case would help for those who are not as, as well-versed in, in, in the publisher industry. Sure. And, and, and just to give some context in terms of what I mean by publishing mm -hmm. or digital publishing, you know, for us, a, a, a typical customer is a company that monetizes the content that they produce. So whether that's them writing numerous articles, posting it online, and users come and read that. And really there's, you know, two, but of course there's multiple other business models that are in use. There's the advertising strategy where they will, since they come read our content, we've got ads on the page. And every time, you know, user sees an ad impression, you know, for your favorite Nike shoes or, or whatever that may be, that publisher is being paid a certain amount per you know, thousand odd impressions that they get. The other way is a drive to, to subscribe to that business. So sign up for a subscription. This gives you an either an ad-free experience or access to exclusive content. And you pay that monthly subscription fee to, in order to get access to that content. So those are the businesses we're really targeting. And, and what Spiny does is, is really twofold. So we have this analytics play, which I touched on a little earlier where we're pulling in data from multiple sources, but the number one thing we're really trying to achieve is to, un to, to allow publishers to understand what is the true value of a piece of content. Now, you know, what we felt the industry typically did was they could tell you great audience data about these are where your users came from, you know, in terms of traffic sources, in terms of demographic, this is how long they spent with your content, they were able to read, you know, 60% of this article on average and so forth. But that never really converted to ultimately what's really important for these businesses is, is what's the dollar amount or what is the brand loyalty that this piece of content has been able to generate for us. So what Spiny decided to do is to tackle exactly that. So we, we found and developed certain systems and algorithms that's allowed us to see a piece of content and tell you to the dollar amount that this article was able to generate you $57 from you know, 2,000 reads or page views on this piece of content. It, it's also responsible to leading to you know, 20 subscription signups and so that you can really understand that, wow, this, this article, this topic really drove my business forward in, in this way. And I no longer have to just use that one metric of how many people read this piece of content to make all my editorial decisions or change my business strategy, you can actually see, you know, far more or, or, or many more layers into that onion to understand that this content is driving value in this, in this different way. That kind of bubbles up so you can now understand the performance of your authors and, and really, you know, getting to see that, hey, this author is always on point when they write about this specific topic. Therefore, when that story breaks next time, I know this is the person I want to put uh, onto that article, or this is that, you know, really the forte. This other author tends to do really well with our Facebook demographic, but not so well with our Twitter demographic, et cetera, et cetera. So we're, we're really trying to drive forward, not just on the content analytics side, but we're trying to go beyond content analytics. Also bring in this author management and people analytics side so that it's not just about choosing content, but it's really about the whole business as a whole. Now, the, the second half of what mm -hmm. Spiny does is to help publishers make incremental revenue through 
through their advertising. So we've developed a header bidding product, which allows publishers to monetize the, the content through ads in a far more effective manner by ultimately making a lot of those auctions that happens behind the scenes in, in terms of which ad gets selected to be shown far more competitive in a way that doesn't compromise the user experience. You know, I'm sure we've all been onto sites where there's been, you know, 20 ads and we're just trying to find the X to click off. And you don't really get excited to go back to that site, you know, no matter what the content they have. And, and what we're trying to do is build a tool that allows publishers to do to deliver top tier user experience where the user is not overloaded with ads without you know, compromising in terms of their financial ability to monetize the, that content. So we kind of go for a less is more approach, ultimately trying to extend the user session the number of times they come back to your site, but ultimately that leads to long-term sustainable revenue as well. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I love that through the analytics, help them make more in incremental revenue. And I hope, please help all these recipe sites. We have like 10 pop-ups and 10 <laughs> ads and you can't even find the recipe. Man, I think they could make a ton of revenue through using your platform. So examples of customers, I assume media companies, newspapers, you know, you know, authors of blogs, are these examples of customers on your platform? Sure, we, we we focus solely on digital for right now. So we're, mm -hmm. we're not doing anything around print media okay. or magazines in that sense. But, you know, as you just gave the example, these recipe websites where people go on, look at, you know, certain, uh, you know, their favorite banana bread recipe or whatever that may be. And we, we want to ensure that, hey, if, you, if there's a call to action to sign up to their, you know, subscription product or their newsletter, or they're monetizing through ads, that's the kind of business that we we're really targeting. So we're, and we're industry agnostic in the sense that if your sports media company or your uh, entertainment or you're an education uh, publication, we're, we're really open to any kind of publisher or digital publisher that's out there. Uh, but you know, the one criteria for us is, are you monetizing your digital content that you're producing? Whether that's just purely written content obviously now there's a far more mediums such as video that we're starting to look at and in the future too we also want to look at audio and or even those who are a bit more on the e-commerce side we really want to branch out in those ways but you know we want to grow sustainably and so right now the main focus is really around digital written content and in due time focus more on video and extend out into these other obstacles within the the space yeah, it makes a ton of sense there. So really, really interesting. And when did you found Spiny? What year did you so, found Spiny? So we founded Spiny, I, I think a month just before all of the global lockdowns and stay at home orders. So we, we had no choice to be a remote first company, but we, we started in February 2020 mm -hmm. as well. We really kind of got the concept down uh, and in terms of really starting to build out the team and the product that was that was late in the year in, mm -hmm. in 2020 once we kind of had our research done and and spoke to a number of potential customers and and really realized the problem that spiny could solve and where are you guys located are you remote do you have a certain location with more folks than others sure so we're headquartered in in nashville tennessee so that's kind of the, the main hub. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned, we, we became remote first in, in a lot of ways. So we do have members of the team 
based in, in the UK, in England, in Accra, Ghana, in, in Moldova, and in various parts of, of the US. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to one team member who's a, a digital nomad in the extreme. And so every week we're asking him, which city are you currently in? And, you know, traveling throughout the US and Canada and, and, and has plans to also go international with, with some of his travel plans. That's great. Now, where are you located? Uh, so I'm, I'm from Ghana. And so I'm currently based here, but I travel, you know, to, to the UK and to the US throughout the year to, to meet with the team. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and what's your current team size? So we are currently 13 members. So we have a, a large technical team of about eight, eight people. Then the rest is really spread across marketing, sales, operations, and, and the upper management as well. Okay. And then it sounds like still earlier on, but anything you want to share around revenue size, just the scale of your, your company right now? Sure. So as you say, we are pretty early on. So we, we raised our seed round of two and a half million dollars mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago at the end of 2022. That really was our kind of coming out of our stealth mode to enable us to really go, go to market uh, find that product market fit and, and and start our scaling up process. So we we came out of there with with three beta customers and and the goal is to really drive that to 15, 20 customers by the end of this this year. And and we're we're entirely B2B. So we, mm-hmm. you know, our, our customers range at the moment from publishers that are doing, you know, 150,000 page views a month. You know, our second customer is more in the 15 to 20 million page views per month. And then uh, our third customer, which is our largest, which is a sports media network, does about 120 to 150 million page views a month. So we've got a huge range in terms of what uh, or who we work with. And obviously the, the revenue generated from each of those three profiles is, is very different. But, you know, our, our hope is to really kind of scale up to, to that larger end, to that more enterprise end with that larger customer. Our ideal customer probably fits between that, you know, let's say five to, to 20, 30, 40 million range. But we also still want to be a tool that's accessible for all publishers. Hence why we've also ensured that our, our, our products can work with publishers doing more, say, the hundreds of thousands of pages a month than you know, our, our revenue works in the typical SaaS model for the analytics offering. So, you know, anywhere at, at the lower end from a couple hundred bucks a month to, to, to several thousand a month. And, you know, on the higher end, we, we want to compete with Google Analytics 360, which, you know, starts about $15,000 a month. We want to be kind of a very competitive technology-wise alternative to them, but a much more affordable price point. And then in the in terms of our header bidding or advertising products, we, we normally work on a rev share model so so that, that our incentives are aligned with our with our customers. So the more money we're able to generate for them, the more money we will make as a business as well. And there's you know none of this kind of hey, we want to win more than than our customers win as well. Yeah. And tell us, you mentioned you're in stealth mode and you see on LinkedIn and titles that the you know, founders are in stealth mode. So tell us a little bit about, 
you know, the, the concept around that of, of staying in stealth. You see some SaaS founders who are building in public and sharing everything. And then we've got stealth mode. So why did you guys go to in stealth mode and then, you know, kind of so, go out and become known in the public? Well, I think, you know, I would say we went pseudo stealth mode. So mm-hmm. we, we didn't want to hide everything. We were trying to share a little bit and certainly not as much as some of the founders I see out there who do an amazing job of sharing every little bit of the, of the journey. And I think it's amazing that they they have the time time for that. So kudos to them. But I think for us, it was really trying to figure out how our product could benefit our potential customers the most. And we knew that every kind of publisher is, is very different. You know, some are entirely advertising-based, some are entirely subscription-based, some have, you know, four or five different business models from the two I just mentioned to sponsored content, to affiliate marketing, to an e-commerce shop. And we realized that this is quite a, a complex space to be in. And especially, you know, an industry that we feel is nowhere near as tech savvy as, say, as marketing or, or sales or, or some of these other sectors that are adjacent to publishing that are way more advanced we felt that no let's take our time to really figure out how can we best fit uh, in this space rather than trying to become a jack of all trades and i think the the best way to do that was to find a core group of customers that we could build our product around really focus on 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 learnings from there so that when we did come out of this kind of stealth mode as it were we were really ready to to hit the ground running and, and knew exactly who we wanted to go after what our offering was to them instead of kind of going through this trial and error. And of course, we still do that to some degree right now, but we, we kind of felt that was a better way to really service the, the space we were in rather than potentially chase our tail for too long without being of yeah. value to our yeah. customer. Okay, so pseudo stealth mode and really, yeah, it sounded like just finding that product market fit and then, all right, let's kind of go out into the public here. That makes sense. And then... Tell us a little bit about your go-to-market motion, because it sounds like if you're working with brands or publishers with hundreds of millions of page views, these sound like larger companies. So how are you finding customers? What's your go-to-market motion? And I think before the show, you mentioned maybe a little bit longer sales cycle, a couple months sales cycle. So tell us a little bit about your go-to-market. Uh, certainly. So we, we do do some of the more traditional digital marketing approaches. You know, we're, we're big on sharing content about, about the space or about the technological advances that are occurring in the publishing industry. So we, you know, produce, we have a, a newsletter. We also have a site, Spiny Trends, where we're always kind of trying to keep publishers up to date with the latest happenings in the space as well. And we've actually found that has been a great tool for us because people are now starting to use us as a knowledge base and realizing that we're willing to share the latest, you know, analytics techniques or whatever they may be. And then from that, they're, they're interested in learning more about our, our, our product. Also looking to do a lot of, of fairs and, and talks at, at, at conferences. And that for us is, you know, a great way to get in front of a lot of, say, the more enterprise or larger publishers out there in the industry and then they can you know see firsthand a demo or we tell or, or share some of the stories of building up some of the brands we've worked with over the last two years as well and then you know publishing is also very much a relationship driven driven space as well so it's really getting to know 
people. And then, you know, that sales cycle, as I mentioned, could be quite long, you know, let's say for three to six months or even up to a year for the more enterprise size customers. So, you know, one of the things we've been doing is strategically aligning ourselves with investors with connections in, in that space. And in addition, you know, very soon excited to announce a new executive hire we'll be making is, you know, someone who comes with a wealth of experience from the digital publishing space. And they will, you know, know a lot of the other other executives or decision makers and other publishing brands that we we look to be targeting in the very near future. And you just raised two and a half million seed round. And what was that trigger that said, we're ready for this capital? Was it just more intensive development efforts? Are we ready to start our go-to-market motion? What did you see that said, we're ready to raise a round? Certainly. I think it's a combination of the two. We, we've we really played with a few different forms of our infrastructure. You know, do we want to be a bit more plug and play? Do we want to have our own tech that we put on a publisher site that allows us to track all, all the metrics we want to firsthand uh, and, and so forth. And I think once we decided on that structure and realized that yes this is something that we can replicate across multiple publishers quite quite systematically it made us feel very confident on the on the technology side that we were ready to go out and, and attract more customers and I think in addition to that finding out where was the value and and does our analytics really solve some of the issues that we had encountered personally, building publishing brands as well? And then, you know, really one of our North Stars for this business is ensuring, can we offer a product that goes beyond just the typical content analytics? And I think once we finally got to yes in, in that question, we felt, well, now's the time to really go out and, and, and start to share this. And then we know through building our customer base, that's really going to evolve more and more over the coming months and, and, and years. And, and I think that was, you know, really our, our, our pitch when we were looking to, to raise this round was we've lived it ourselves when we were building publishing brands. We, we built it around these three beta cust- customers, and we've really now done something that we believe the industry doesn't currently have in being able to really uh, share or, or drill down on what the true value of a piece of content is. And ultimately, you know, that was the story when, when we went out to, to raise that, that seed round. And, and that was really to allow us to kick on with scaling up our, our growth, but, you know, also building out the rest of our product offering as well. And that seed round of two and a half million, it looks like that was raised through Nashville Capital Network. Correct. And is that a traditional VC fund or is that something a little bit different? They're, they're a traditional VC fund. So they typically play in that seed series A space. So they, they led our round. And then we also had some angel investors who, who, who filled up the rest of that round as well. And I think they've been a, a great partner to us in, in terms of just building up our, our profile as a company but also giving us a lot of confidence, you know, which is always important. It's not talked about enough as, as a founder, but also opening up their network to us and, and introducing us to other founders, other businesses who we can strategically align with and also bring on as potential customers as well. Yeah. And you, you spent some time in Nashville. So with the Nashville Capital Network, was that just let's start first locally with our network to see who we might find as investors? Was that the kind of the thought behind that? Sure. So some of our earlier, let's say, backers to, to the business are very 
familiar with the Nashville Capital Network. They've invested in some of their prior businesses as well. And, and through that, you know, that's actually for us was such a huge advantage was having that relationship, not directly myself, but through them, I was able to start to get to know them a lot better. They got to know me as a founder and, you know, who I was, what my story was and how we were ultimately looking to drive the, the business forward. And, you know, I, I think a lot of founders will always tell you about their uh, funding experiences being really excruciating and travel around the entire country. But, you know, I, I was very lucky in that sense that I didn't have to look much further beyond Nashville. And, you know, as, as I mentioned, I still travel there a number of times throughout the year to you know get to know more people in the space there. Now, obviously, having Nashville Capital as an investor, get to go sit down and, and, and catch them up face to face as well. And so it's really a relationship building. And once we realized, you know, throughout that kind of journey where we're just building the product, that they could actually be a fantastic partner for us and, and hopefully would be a great investment for them as well. As you meant, we were able to move quite quickly once we decided to, to raise that round rather than, let's say, the more traditional approach and having to go out and speak with numerous potential investors and, and finally settling on the one where, which is a great fit. So I think maybe our slow, or not slow, but taking our time to really build out that the product and get to know who we were led, led to that and, and worked out in our, to our advantage at the end of the day. That's great. And Nana, as we wrap up here, what's next for Spiny this year? What's what's coming up that's exciting or new? No, we're, we're really excited, as I said, you know, get, getting our product to market and really being able to partner with so many publishers out there for us gives us great excitement. You know, when you, you've built something kind of slightly behind a, a curtain, it's always amazing to finally get it out there and see customers using that to help build their business or make make their decisions. You know, I'm most excited being a former analyst myself to, to save a lot of analysts in these businesses a lot of time as well. So, you know, really, really driven by, by that former experience of mine. And I think just getting in front of more, not just other publishers, but the you know tech providers. There's so many businesses that look to service publishers and starting to form some of these partnerships as well. I think gives me great excitement. But the the number one thing I've really enjoyed to date has been building out the Spiny team. Has been extremely lucky with some of the individuals that have decided that they wanted to work with Spiny, and and really proud of what we've been able to achieve then. And look forward to growing out that team. Further, you know, I think there's a lot of great talent, a lot of people very passionate about technology, about digital publishing, and continue to look forward to bring them all under the spiny umbrella to say, hey, let's let's build a great product here and let's make the lives of digital publishers far easier to, to manage and, and, and grow their businesses without having to become data experts in, mm-hmm. in, in the process. Well, Nana, really appreciate your time today, sharing your experiences, your story, your background. If listeners would like to learn more about Spiny, where should we send them online? Definitely. They, they can visit us at, at Spiny AI. Um, that's the website. We do have a, a LinkedIn as well, which is Spiny underscore AI. And, and the same for Twitter as well. So, And they can also email me personally at nana at spiny.ai. And more than happy to to chat with anyone who's interested about digital publishing and and technology. 
That's great. So check them out at spiny, S-P-I-N-Y dot A-I and email Nana at N-A-N-A at spiny dot A-I. And again, Nana, appreciate you sharing your story today. And thank you so much for the opportunity, Ben. This has been a pleasure and, and look forward to speaking with you further down the line. Thanks a lot.